Hello and welcome to my new podcast about kayaking, whitewater kayaking specifically. It's basically just me talking crap, well at least in this episode at least. Um, Hopefully I will begin to bring some guests on um, and we can start having some interesting discussions. This is a bit of an experiment for me. It's my first podcast Um, I've never done anything like this before. So this is a bit of a test to see see what the response is and see what you all think about it. But uh, I'm going to cover a few different topics um, today, some of which I've discussed in my blog and some which I haven't. So uh, let's go and see what happens. Hopefully it won't be uh, too boring but i guess you could use it as um, sleep therapy if you wanted to um if that's if that's where you want to go with it then uh, that's absolutely fine by me um but yeah let's see uh, let's see where the discussion goes So one of the things that i am really interested in and anybody who knows me online knows that I'm very interested in is freestyle kayaking but it's not just freestyle for the sake of freestyle uh the reason why I got into it is because uh my partner Emily was having trouble with her rolling and she always she never really got on with the larger boats uh, but she was a bit apprehensive about having a go in a smaller more twitchy boat but I persuaded her to get into my old uh, dagger G-Force. Once she was in it, uh, there was no getting her out. And one of the things that I decided to do was, because we used to go to Cardiff Whitewater Centre a lot, I decided to get her into the G-Force and we would just spend some time on the bottom wave there because it pulls out if she came out of a boat the swim there's fine and in summer it is just like bath water it's absolutely fantastic and we played around on the wave there quite a bit and her role went from being quite sporadic to being very good in the space of a few weeks you know it was quite a fast progression now when you go on a kayaking trip you all know that you all know the deal. It, there's quite a bit of faff involved. Um, there's a lot of organisation. And in the summer in the UK, everything is dependent on rain. Even in the winter, everything is dependent on rain. There have been some pretty poor seasons in the past where we've had virtually no rain in the winter and it's caused kayaking coaches all sorts of problems with booked courses and the like. So in the summer having a playboat gives you so many more options you know i know people who will go to the river d and they will run serpent's tail and they do the usual run down to town falls and that that's fine it's great but if you do the same thing over and over again um, you're not really going to be making a huge amount of progression unless you really push yourself to make some some hard moves and things that you're perhaps not all that comfortable with The great thing about freestyle kayaking is that even if you don't intend to do things like loops and space Godzillas and all the, you know, the top end moves, 
you can still have a lot of fun and you can still get better at kayaking in general. It works on your balance. You know, you're, if you're in a hole, it gives you the hole skills to be able to get out of that hole if you find yourself in that position in your riverboat. Uh, but it also gives you um, a lot more uh, varied thing. Varied things are happening. It's it's never the same. And you know when the wave changes as the as the levels change, its characteristics change, and you can't necessarily do exactly the same thing that you'd been doing the the previous week or the previous previous session. But it, it gives you also a, a sense of uh, preciseness because. In order to pull off some of the, the moves, such as the loops, and if you're on a wave, things like blunts and, and that sort of thing, you have to be quite precise in your positioning on the wave or in the hole. It isn't as simple as just going onto it and just plugging in. Uh, you know, there's a certain a certain number of things that you need to do to be able to get yourself into an ideal position uh, to be able to pull off these moves. So it gives you quite a bit of precision in an environment that perhaps isn't all that forgiving. Uh, you know, some waves are quite feisty, some holes are quite feisty, some of them are quite smooth and friendly. You know, it all depends um, on the wave or the hole. And, you know, freestyle kayaking is something that you don't have to have a lot of experience. You don't have to be an advanced kayaker in order to start doing it i one of the things that i regret the most is that i didn't take up freestyle kayaking much earlier it was only really when i started going out with them that i really started to fall in love with it and it it gave us something that we could do where we didn't need to arrange with a group we could just rock up at a location and just park and play. There was no need for any shuttles um, or anything like that. And if friends wanted to join in, they could. It was just an easy thing to organise and simple to do and no pressure. And, you know, there's all kinds of places you can go. One of the places we went to was Nafford Weir near Pershaw in Worcestershire, uh, one of my old haunts. And all you can do there is spins and front serves. So it sounds quite limiting, but if you're starting out, it's a really friendly place to go. And if you've got a feature like that near you, then, you know, you can really start to get a sense of of of, of what's needed and, and build your confidence up. I remember when I first started going to Nafford and, you know, it can get quite feisty at certain levels, but if you go in normal levels, it's, you know, it's perfectly fine. Um, it's not very deep at all. You're not really going to go over in it um, because it is so, so shallow. But after a few weeks of of being there and learning how to spin and do, you know, some really basic moves, I found myself stuck at the bottom of ski jump on the Terrain in the hole there by accident i completely cocked up i went into for listeners who don't know there's a there's a micro eddy on the side of this this short rapid i'd gone into that and i i peeled out of it in the the silliest way possible and ended up doing the rest of the rapid backwards and eventually sideways into the hole but i found myself naturally dealing with being sideways in that hole 
And it was something that I had at the time I hadn't experienced before or was no good at. Normally I would go straight over and probably um, uh, swim. <laughs> but uh, in this case, um, I managed to hold out and it was as a direct result of messing around at Nafford. So even if you're starting out in boating, getting at a freestyle boat and sticking yourself in a feature can really help bring your your boat control along. It helps with your edging and your balance, as I say, and also your overall control. Now, you know, there's no reason why you can't do slalom paddling as well. Slalom is exceptionally good for learning precise positioning on the river because effectively with slalom, you can take a grade two rapid that's very, very straightforward that you could run straight down the middle with no problem at all. But once you put gates up, slalom gates up on that rapid and you have to make very tight moves, it turns that grade two rapid into something that you're now having to make grade five, grade four, grade five moves on, but without the consequence. But it still gives you that, you know, you have to have that precision. That's why slalom paddlers are so good. But, you know, freestyle is the same but different. You're, you're not positioning yourself on the river, but it is still giving you skills that serve you well on your river trips in your riverboat. Ideally, you would do both. You know, you'd do slalom and freestyle and river running and you'd be an all, you know, you'd be a very good all-round boater. I was certainly at my best when I used to do those. Um, I used to go to a slalom practice night. I never bothered competing. I couldn't be bothered with all that, but I did have a slalom boat and I enjoyed going to the practice sessions. Um, but even if you're practicing gates in your uh, normal river boat, that's cool. That's a really good way of getting uh, extra boat control. There needs to be more slalom gates permanently set up around the country, really. But anyway, I was talking about freestyle paddling. So the other thing about having a freestyle boat uh, that is suited to your size is that in summer, most people have some sort of flat water near to them. Even if you don't live near to white water, there is somewhere nearby that you can practice in flat water, whether that's a lake, whether that's a flat water river or whether it's a canal. If you've got a freestyle boat, then in those uh, on those summer days where you know you don't want to drive a long distance just for some very low white water somewhere in Wales, you can get on the flat water and you can practice flat, flat water freestyle. And it's a really good thing to do. It's a really good cardio workout. Um, if you start to link moves together, even if you're just throwing a, a cartwheel, it's physically taxing, and you know it's it uses up. It's a cardio workout. At full stop and so it's good for your fitness it's good for your boat control and on the flat water if you can pull things off on flat water you don't have the current assisting you and you really have to start understanding how these moves actually work which will serve you well when you take it on to moving water now i'm not particularly good well i'm completely rubbish at moving water freestyle to be honest i'm not that good at flat water freestyle either but I'm trying. And that's the main thing. It's not so much whether you become an expert or a master at doing these things. It's about just 
doing it, just practicing it. Because even if you're you know, completely mediocre like I am, it's still an advantage. It's still helping you out in your general boating. And if you can't get to a whitewater river for any period of time, it's still enabling you to keep your skills going. It's keeping your skills warm, if that makes any sense. So it's good all around. It's good for you all around. And so if you're if you've just started out kayaking and you are, you know, you've seen someone do freestyle, but you think it's too advanced for you, it isn't. It really isn't. It's a great fun thing to do. And and again, that is one of the main factors about it. It's fun. And, you know, that's that's what we do this for. That's why we do kayaking. We do it for fun. We do it for the enjoyment. We do it to be in the outdoors and to enjoy the environment that we're in. It's not a competition unless you go in for a competition. You're perfectly free to do that. Uh, but in general, it's just about having fun. So I'm going to leave that there. Um, I'm probably going to talk about freestyle quite a bit more in the future should this podcast go anywhere. But um, but yeah, I would definitely recommend taking it up and giving it a go. Borrow a boat, see how you feel. But um you know, there's an initial thing about going over and some people, you know, you don't want to swim. Um, so there is this kind of uh, reticence from some quarters that doesn't want to try it because in some ways it, it, it can be taking uh, taking a step back for some people. They've got to a point where they're river runners and they're not really going over, but perhaps the role isn't 100%. And they don't want to be putting themselves in positions where they're going to be going upside down. But here's the thing. The more you go upside down, particularly in a freestyle boat where you're going over in all sorts of unpredictable positions, that's just going to help your role. And yeah, you might swim quite a bit in the in the beginning. You might surprise yourself, though, by, you know, by the same token. Either way, your role is going to become much more bomber if you practice in a freestyle boat, even if you only practice on the flat. So I'll leave it there. Freestyle is really good for your kayaking mind and your skill set. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, skills honesty and this is something that I've written about on my blog as well and it's something that um, I feel maybe needs a little bit of uh, discussion because if we look at um, other sports, uh, adventure sports, particularly something like surfing for example and somebody with inexperience goes on to an adva- an advanced surf break and they're clearly making a complete tit of themselves that can be quite dangerous and on some beaches not all some of them the other surfers will possibly say something to that person or you know say hang on a minute you really shouldn't be here maybe get some experience on some smaller waves um in 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 a safer location for example in kayaking sometimes there's this sort of thought process that okay well if i go over i'm just going to get wet and my my mates will rescue me 
and that's that's fine you know if you're on you know you're a beginner you're on a grade two rapid or maybe even a grade three one that's it's possibly fine you know because we don't get better um, unless we push ourselves to a degree and there's pushing yourself and then there's pushing yourself there's pushing yourself in a good way and there's pushing yourself way out of your comfort zone and over the years that I've been kayaking you know I haven't been kayaking as long as some of the really advanced people you see around um but you know I've been paddling a few years um and what I see is um a certain certain attitude which where people they don't want to be seen as beginners they get to an intermediate point and they're not swimming as much and they want to push themselves a little bit more but they still don't have some of those basic prerequisites that i i would say is you know needed for running advanced white water so can you time your strokes well can you strategize strategize like i can't speak strategize your way down a a rapid or develop a strategy for running that rapid can you see you know lines to take can you see features you can use to help you go down there and you know can you do things like timed power strokes or booth strokes as they're you know sometimes known and you know sometimes you know people get to a point where they 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 want to progress and they see progression as moving on to more advanced white water now i think you know this needs a bit of discussion because it in my opinion here we go my opinion big mouth simon speaking on a podcast okay look i know not everyone agrees with everything i say but you know this is my podcast so i'm gonna have i'm gonna have my um my two pennies worth um here so you can get down grade two you can get down grade three and you feel like you need to be moving up the grades the problem is that if you aren't using some of those core skills the ability to you know know how to drive your boat across use lateral momentum how to keep your boat moving again how to time those strokes if you're not using those strategies um in your grade two and grade three paddling and you're you know for want of a better phrase plfing it um all the way down and just getting to the bottom then you're not ready to move up to grade four and grade three plus you know you might get down those those rapids that's fine but getting down a rapid is not the same as really owning it really being in control um down it um being where you want to be um and you know if you when you are more advanced when you are able to use certain strategies certain methods and techniques you can then really own the rapid even if that rapid becomes a slightly higher grade you're better placed to be able to make much more of it what i see is too many people moving up the grade rather than taking a step back and re-examining what they're doing on grade two and three and really being honest with themselves about whether they're using those rapids 
to the utmost? Are they really owning that grade two rapid? And okay, you might be able to get into um, certain eddies. Um, you know, some of those eddies might be really small and you might be really happy, you know, that you're, you're getting into those eddies, but it's more than just eddy catching. Can you use those eddies and keep your boat moving to come straight back out of that eddy? Can you use mid-current eddies and, you know, keep your boat really S-turning through that eddy and back out the other side and doing multiple moves um, at a time? You know, it's all very well catching single eddies, but one of the really difficult things to do is to keep your boat moving and do multiple moves um, in one run and keeping that boat momentum, you know, moving all the time. That's a hard thing because it requires precise uh, stroke placements. And it goes back to what I was saying about running slalom on easy rapids. When you have slalom gates on a, a grade two or a grade three rapid, it it ups the grade of that rapid to a degree because you're making much harder moves. And you are also, because slalom is timed, you're also having to make those moves under pressure against the clock and you're having to keep your boat moving all the time and that's why slalom paddlers are so good at what they do they're high grade paddlers but they're paddling on lower grade water effectively so it's something to bear in mind when you're looking at your skills progression you know are you really ready to move up a grade or should you be adding something extra into the mix on your lower grade paddling it's something to think about. It's something that requires a, a bit of self-reflection. Um, it sometimes requires that you actually know what you're looking for. Um, because, you know, if you've been paddling for, say, a year, you know, you're one of these people who picks things up really quickly. You know, there are people like that, particularly younger paddlers. You know, they pick pick things up very quickly and advance very quickly, but they can also plateau quite quickly as well. And you might think that, you know, you want to be ready to move on to those higher grades, but you're perhaps not aware of some of those other skills that would serve you exceptionally well when you do move up the grade that you're not already employing on the lower grades of rivers that you're running at the moment so it's something to think about not everyone will agree with me but one thing i will say um is this you know advancing your skills can come in many different ways it could be using a smaller slicier lower volume boat on lower grade water you know if you're paddling a creek boat and you're paddling on grade two and three and and you're thinking of moving up the grades because it's becoming boring well have a think you know aside from the extra skills or the additional skills that i've just mentioned previously that you, that you might need to move up up the grade is your boat making that though that current grade that you're running dull do you need to get into an edgier lower volume boat to make more of that rapid and to give you know to spice things up a bit because here's the thing a large boat, a voluminous creek boat or big one of the bigger river runners, they require quite pushy water to come alive. Do you really want to be learning your core skills 
on a dangerous rapid? No. And I've known, I've had friends in the past who have moved up to higher grade rapids and, you know, they, they've thought that by moving, moving up to a higher grade rapid, it would improve their skills. Um, and, you know, possibly it could do, you know, you're under pressure, the consequences are higher, but do you really want to learn those lessons where the risks are so much higher? Wouldn't it just be better just to move to a more challenging boat on those lower grades and to look at some of those additional skills that I've just spoken about and really nail those and nail those harder moves in, you know, maybe with slalom gates, I don't know, but you can do it in an imaginary way as well. I've got to hit that point there, that point there, midstream, you know, to, to really sort of push yourself and challenge yourself on these lower grades of rapids because then that really will put you in good stead for those higher grades now speaking for myself um i am no you know i used to go on 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 grade four much more regularly than i do now in fact i hardly ever go um, on anything now so i wouldn't ever class myself as any high grade paddler and I, I I wouldn't have done in the past because although I paddled that stuff um you know occasionally I would have a a, a a moment of inspiration and get down a hard rapid and and do it well uh, the next time I went out I might not do so well and might beater it all the way down uh, my good friend uh, Eddie Mead uh, will know uh, full well how I could uh, how I could beat a down stuff. Um, it gave his uh, boat chasing skills uh, a good workout. Um, same for a few of the coaches out there too. Um, but, you know, I've had to sort of take a step back. Um, I had a bad experience a number of years back, which which really pulled me back and made me think again about just just having fun on, on grade three. Um and, and just make, you know, just trying to do harder moves and harder stuff on grade three. And eventually now I'm much more into my freestyle uh, because it's a it's a lower pressure environment uh, in general and just allows me to have fun. But if you are wanting to push those grades, if that's your aim, if you're wanting to be r- running waterfalls, you know, big waterfalls and, and stuff like that and, and grade five, Remember, you know, with waterfalls, you might have a gnarly grade four or grade five rapid on the run into that waterfall. So you do need these core skills um, and abilities to really own the lower grades. Um, and that will put you in a much, much more solid position to be able to run those harder rapids and, you know, harder rivers. So I'll just leave that there. Not everyone agrees with me, but um, that's just my uh, tuppen is worth um, on this podcast. So kind of related to the skills aspect that I've just spoken about, um, let's talk a bit about boat chasing. And I'm not really talking about... That's the sound of my dog in the background, if you haven't heard that. Um, I'm not really talking about uh, chasing a boat down the river in terms of a rescue. I'm talking about chasing the newest and greatest 
boat all the time or changing your boat out for uh, perhaps not the best of reasons. So there can be a a habit of uh, thinking that getting another boat will improve your skills and, you know, everything will change if I get the latest, latest creek boat, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, in some cases, changing your boat out will help your skills, but that's generally going from uh, one type of boat to a different type of boat, say from a great big uh, bus, like a creek boat, and getting yourself into a full slice old school boat. That will give you a new challenge and will improve your skills. But um, sometimes you get people chasing uh, the latest boat and, you know, it's it's something that I think needs a bit of bit of thought. Now, when you have your existing boat and perhaps you're not you're not happy with your skills and or any aspect of your paddling. There are a few things to ask yourself. First of all, is it a skills problem? Second of all, well, this is in no particular order, but is it your boat outfitting? Are you really properly outfitted in your boat? Is your seat height perfect for your particular build and you know height? You know, these are aspects to think about. Is your is your paddle the best paddle? Um, now you don't have to go for a super expensive paddle, but you know, if you're using um an old paddle that's you know it might be a bit like paddling with a a fucking great spade or something um or a shovel on the end of uh, the shovel on the end of a stick you know do you need something a bit more modern and lightweight uh, that slips through the water much easier do you need a longer paddle do you need a shorter paddle and you know things like this you know your boat outfitting your your paddle um the paddle that you're using and and more importantly your overall skills knowledge and application are going to affect your boating much much more than just swapping your boat out now you know a new boat can give you confidence for sure you know if you if you're paddling an, an older boat and you're you're going through holes you know your your club's taken you up on terrain and you've You've gone through NRA wave and and just not like the way you've come out of it. You know, a, a, a boat, a more modern boat with a great big rocker like your Scorches and your Whackers, you know, yeah, they can give you more confidence. But a question to ask yourself is, where is that confidence or lack of confidence coming from? Is it really the boat that's at fault here? Or is it a skills deficit? You know, is there something you can learn skills-wise that can actually overcome any issues with that boat? Is it stroke timing? Is it the, is it getting the, you know, being able to lay down the power of the stroke to go through the feature better? Is it your balance? Is it your edge awareness? Uh, uh, edge awareness? Uh, edge awareness that uh, is a, you know, could do with improving. These are all things that feed into your confidence because when you know about these things and you can apply them um, in a practical way at the click of a finger, that gives you much more confidence to be able to paddle any boat and it will reduce the need 
uh, to have to keep swapping out your boat because you think it's going to make you better. Generally, it's your skill level and you know your outfitting and your paddle that are going to have more effect on this rather than just your boat. And you know, I know different boats perform in different ways to different to different standards, but your skills are going to be much more important. So my advice really is, you know, don't swap out your boat. Invest in skills first. Pay for one of the, you know, the well-known coaches. In the UK, we're spoiled. We have a, you know, we have a number of really high knowledge, high experience coaches in this country, and they're really great people. You will have a really fun day out. It's a much better investment than simply paying for a new boat. Um, you're always going to lose money on a boat. Um, so unless you're constantly buying used all the time, um, I know I know uh, one friend of mine, he, he's, he's legendary for his ability to never lose any money on a boat because he always manages to sell his boats for what he bought them for and then he moves on to another boat and he doesn't do this because he wants to advance you know he you know he's a very skilled paddler he's a very knowledgeable paddler he's been paddling for quite a while uh quite a number of years he does it just because he gets bored of his boat and he wants to change it out for something else um but yeah but for most of us it's much better to involve you know to invest in skills more than constantly swapping out and changing to another boat because you know in order to make the most of the boat you have, you you have to get to know it. You have to get to know what it's good at. You have to get to know, you know, when it can be pushed, when it, you know, it's it, you know, it can't be pushed as far. And you're only going to get to know these nuances with the boat in terms of its edging and how it performs in different types of water if you hold on for onto it for a long time. You might find that the boats that you have. Um, that you're not really you know particularly enjoying you know it could be a skills thing but it might not be the best water for the boat that you have maybe that boat performs much better in a on a different river in a different type of environment and you might take you know you might find that environment and really enjoy how that boat comes to life and performs so it you know there are quite a number of factors that play in uh, to to how your boat performs but number one on the top of that list is your skill level so that's something uh, to work you know that is very much worth looking at so i'm going to leave that for now i've just seen that i've been speaking for over half an hour i didn't really want to make a podcast it's just me waffling um, i will try to find somebody else to speak to and break up my uh ranting and raving um and we'll go from there and i will try to start stop saying i'm an ignoring a lot as well because i can tell i'm getting tired now so okay um that's it for now and i hope you found that interesting i hope i haven't caused too much controversy uh but yeah um let me know what you think about the podcast i'll just be interested to know and yeah I will hopefully see you or speak to you next time. Okay, goodbye.